0: You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. We're here to help you rob the pension bank. It's your host, coming to you from Colorado, Patrick Rice. Welcome back to this episode of the Blue Family Tree. Just like she said, our goal here is to keep you alive well into retirement. Take that pension bank for every last cent you can, and in order to do so, we give you a few things to think about that will help keep you alive and get you home safe at the end of every shift. You're listening to the Blue Family Tree Podcast. What's up, my family? It has been a long time since I have been behind the microphone. Apparently, that's going to be an issue. Uh, June, May, June, uh, in a regular year, probably more May, uh, is kind of a crazy time around the Rice household. And for those of you who don't know, this is entirely volunteer. Uh, There is no money to be made on the Blue Family Tree podcast. This is something that I throw together as a 20-plus year cop uh, who just loves cops and wants to do everything I can to help preserve the police family, both the blood and the blue Uh, keep everyone well-informed and educated on causes of of line-of-duty death and things we can do day-to-day to to keep ourselves safer and keep our head in the game. So uh, I apologize for those of you who are following the podcast. I know there's a handful of you out there who uh, have signed up and become regular visitors to the podcast, and I didn't mean to disappoint you by waiting so long to put out another episode. But here we are, and we are ready to roll. Today I want to talk a little bit about just the month of June. Uh, it's not even close to over. Uh, we still have a week and a half or so to go here, but June has been kind of a terrible month for uh, line of duty death, just in bizarre, bizarre ways. We're going to walk through them from the most recent to the beginning of June, and you will see, if you don't follow uh, on Officer Down Memorial page already, some startling line of duty deaths. In June of 2021, Holly Springs, Georgia, Officer Burson. This is a great example of where the culture is in our country. And that's what all these are going to kind of tie back to today is the post George Floyd uh, systemic racism theory that uh, all cops are evil. And so we just don't need to listen to them, follow their directions or do anything to be compliant at all whatsoever with the big, bad, evil police holly springs georgia officer burson was dragged after his traffic stop uh he had contacted the driver and he was at the window and uh, i don't know all the details many of these i'm not going to know because they're just so fresh Uh, but the gist is he's at the window the driver decides he's going to take off from the traffic stop and he tries to stop it from happening we've all heard about this uh, either in trainings seen it happen ourselves or had an, uh, an experience of that on our own Sometimes they're fatal, as in this case. Fortunately for Officer Burson, he was able to return fire while being drugged by the car, and he did fatally wound the man who ultimately killed him by dragging him down the road. So, two dead. Uh, Of course, we don't want any to die, the offenders or the officers, but Uh, It's somewhat comforting to know that at least Officer Burson had the presence of mind to try and save his own life by stopping the vehicle through stopping the driver. Uh, Unfortunately, in this case, that was unsuccessful. Seattle Officer Brenneman Harris, uh, she was on her way home after work. She was working a swing shift and she's going home in the middle of the night, uh, somewhere around 1.32 in the morning. And she rolled up on a traffic accident. Now, just like any of us being a uh, good citizen and wanting to do the right thing and knowing that you have special skills and uh, you know how to help, she stopped. She was helping at this crash uh, when a passerby uh, struck her. Now, as awful as it is, the passerby did stick around and uh, did the right thing. And I didn't, haven't seen any reports that there was any intoxication or anything like that from that driver. don't know the details around how Officer Brenneman Harris was struck and if there was anything that she could do different or better uh, or if she did everything she could and uh, it was more on the fault of the driver. Those details I don't know, but what makes her case extremely unique is that the people that she stopped to help at this car crash whose vehicles were disabled – After witnessing her getting struck and killed by a passing motorist, one of them took the opportunity to jump in her POV and steal her car, posthumously. Someone stole a dead cop's car to flee the scene of a crash they are involved in that she had stopped to help at off-duty. Can it get more jacked up than that? Can there possibly be anything more jacked up then stopping to help somebody, being struck and killed uh, while you're doing the right thing and helping somebody, and then posthumously having the person you help steal your car. There is absolutely no respect, no respect in this country anymore for law enforcement or even for each other. Everyone is out for themselves these days, and I, I, I back up. I, obviously, I'm upset, so not everyone is selfish and out for themselves but you know what i mean the masses the masses are out of control they're looking out for themselves they don't believe there's consequences for their actions anymore because in large part there's not we're running speedy trial on minor cases because of covid we can't get people in front of a judge fast enough and of course speedy trial is not something that's going to be lifted so we're losing cases just because the courts are overwhelmed and the DAs are dropping cases even before Speedy because they're not that important to them. And certainly if you have any card to play of any special group, there's a good chance that your district attorney is going to drop or reduce your charge in some way. So, yeah, why not steal the dead cop's car after she stopped to help you? There's no consequences in, in, in life anymore. And again, that was in Seattle. So I've, I guarantee you that was somewhere in the thought process of that offender. Now, one that you may have missed because I think it popped up late. Uh, sometimes Puerto Rico does this to us. They don't put them the uh, notification in right away and they get snuck in later. So you sometimes if you really are a serious follower uh, of ODMP the way I am, sometimes you got to go back and look back a month or even two months for some of those cases that got dropped in late. Uh, maybe the investigation was ongoing And they didn't know yet if it was going to qualify as on-duty death or whatnot. So, uh, And then for some reason, those don't always come up in notifications via email. So sometimes you just got to look back a little bit. So I happened to be looking back the other day, and I came across this Puerto Rico, uh, Sergeant Garcia Torres, uh, posthumously promoted to sergeant. Uh, But he was uh, on a traffic stop in Puerto Rico, and uh, the gentleman he had stopped Uh, Decided he didn't want to be a part of the stop anymore. So he actually exited his vehicle and was walking away, just trying to distance himself. And Sergeant uh, Garcia Torres uh, was following him uh, on foot, uh, talking to him, trying to coax him into stopping, telling him he needs to stop, he's not free to go. And uh, this guy, this offender, turned around and just uh, shot him in the head. Just turned around, produced a gun, and shot him. Again, uh, for anybody who's been around for a minute, we've all seen these videos uh, where the offender is walking away from you, his hands are not visible, and suddenly, uh, sometimes they don't even turn around, just under their armpit uh, produces the barrel of a gun. Uh, these are nightmare scenarios that we have all looked at and thought about. Some of us have maybe been in uh, video scenarios with it, uh, with the facts training and things like that, and it's really a no-win. Uh, the only way You could possibly win in this scenario is that every time, every time somebody is walking away from you with their hands in front of them where you cannot see them, you are gun out ready and seeking cover as you are speaking to them. And if you do that, you're going to draw publicity and public attention and uh, video cameras and you'll be on the nightly news. Uh, But consider for yourself, would you rather be on the nightly news or would you rather be carried by six of your best coworkers. Let's do the right thing for the right reasons. And if that gentleman doesn't produce a gun and all ends well, then it's easy to explain. And there's a plethora of video out there from the last four decades that show the threat of somebody walking away non-compliant with the hands in front of them. It's very easy to articulate away uh, so, when that is happening to you, uh, consider it an extreme threat. Uh, have that gun out, be ready, start delivering some great commands and seeking cover. That takes us to an odd pair. This really struck me as odd because <clears throat> they're back to back in Officer Down Memorial Page, a couple days apart, and there was no others in between. Uh, so, in Baldwin County, Alabama, and Worcester, Massachusetts, there was uh, officers Familia and Smith, uh, I believe it's Deputy Smith, I believe he's the one from Baldwin County, Uh, they were uh, in a pair of drownings. And it's not entirely unusual for police to die in a drowning, we get three or four a year, I think. Uh, But for two back to back, and then when you read their stories, it is uncanny. At first, when I came across uh, the second one, I thought I, I thought I'd already opened it and read it, and then I went back and I had to look again. Uh, they are in fact almost identical. Uh, few, uh, two three kids swimming, uh, and one of them goes under, and uh, these officers happen to be nearby, and they go in to save the the, the child. And I think in both cases the child also still drowned. Uh, just horribly sad uh, cases, and just really peculiar how very 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 similar they were and back to back just a strange bizarre story and uh so the only thing i have to say about something like a drowning is i know we all want especially with the children we all want to jump in and and do everything we can to save them and i i probably would too just like you I, i don't think any of us are going to stand on the shore but just be aware that if there's somebody drowning who's been swimming in the lake, there's possibly some other reason unbeknownst to you that they're drowning. Um, I know these are children, so maybe we're thinking they're weak swimmers, but if they're strong enough swimmers that they think they're okay to be out in the lake, keep that in mind when you're going in that water. What might be under there? What, what kind of undercurrent? What's dragging them down? Uh, Did do they get hung up in something? uh and i don't know those answers for these two cases as well but just be aware that uh if they're drowning why so that when you do go in to save them because i know you're going to that you avoid the same problem that they had um of course strip those boots strip the the duty belt the vest uh i know we don't like leaving our gear laying around unattended but if you're going to go in the water um make sure you have your head about you and you realize you can't have an extra 30 pounds of dead weight on you and that brings us to the beginning of june perhaps the saddest story on Officer del Momoa page this year and maybe even that i can remember in recent years a married couple detective ryan and jamie park uh, with the san diego police department they were in a department vehicle and apparently working together What a great setup. What a romantic story to be able to work with your spouse like that uh, day in and day out. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast right now are probably saying, I'm so glad I get to go to work and have a moment's break from my spouse. But what a cool story. I bet they, you know, and again, I don't know, but I bet they met uh, at the San Diego Police Department. They dated there and then they got married and now they're both detectives. They're just kind of grown in their careers together. They're they're partners in every sense of the word. And, uh, wow, it's just romantic. It's just an awesome, awesome story. I wish I knew more of that story and less of how it ended. Uh, they were in a department vehicle and there was a wrong way driver. Uh, they, they were out doing some follow up somewhere on one of their cases and this wrong way driver struck them head on. And, uh, I believe the wrong way driver, uh, deceased as well. So three died in that, in that case. And, uh, again, just a a terrible awful story for uh, the San Diego Police Department and for officers and our blue family everywhere. But with those in mind, why is why is it that we have such a huge disrespect right now for law enforcement? Now when you look at the drownings and you look at the wrong way driver, uh, you know okay, those may not be a sign of disrespect towards law enforcement and a sign of the times. But when you look at a gentleman walking away from a traffic stop, and I know I'm going to get hate mail because I call him a gentleman, uh, I just try and use as neutral of terms as possible here, there, in court, at work, everywhere. I, I try and treat everybody with a little bit of respect. Um, I, I find it works for me. So uh, I, I will stop short of calling him a hero or anything like that, but, uh, you know, everybody everybody gets a proper title. But with that being said, this guy, we'll call him a guy now that I'm thinking about it out loud, this guy is walking away from a traffic stop and just turns and shoots this cop in the head. What does he think the consequences of that are going to be? And he ended up going to jail later. But, And I know that this is not a new thing, that uh, offenders, criminals have always not thought of the consequences. That's why they do what they do. But it's an upgrowing trend of, yeah, even if there is a consequence, the chances that it's going to affect me or really impact me are pretty low. You know, maybe I'm going to get, uh, you know, oh, I killed a cop. Yeah. Maybe I'll get a few years and then I'll get pardoned by the next president or whatever. You know, it's, it's, um, it's really sad to see, that growing trend you got the you got uh, officer Brennan Harris has her car stolen after she's killed what is that guy running from what is his issue why is he so empowered and emboldened that he thinks he can take someone's car who's just stopped to help him where's his mind at and then of course the drug by the traffic what 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 brings us to this place in our country in our time where we have a citizen population Who thinks they could do whatever they want well one thing that might be bringing us there back to seattle is that the seattle district attorney is charging a police officer for using a baton in a uh in a riot now explain to me how we're supposed to do riot control if we don't have batons and other intermediate weapons explain this to me i don't know what fourth degree assault is in the state of washington But this officer is being charged with fourth degree assault. And as a result, and this is what makes me think, uh, in my own opinion, without having seen the facts of the case and reviewed all the evidence like maybe some lawyers have in the Seattle area, but knowing that an entire team of Seattle police officers, something like 20 police officers in Seattle who were a part of this group that are are involved in riot control – Walked off the job the day he was charged. They all just up and quit. And Now, now, I'm here to tell you, family, that I cannot up and quit. I cannot afford to up and quit the Colorado State Patrol because I was unhappy with someone's decision. But in a situation like this, if I knew that officer was absolutely not guilty and doing everything they could in the position of authority that they had to keep the public safe, themselves safe, and their partners safe... I would most certainly walk off. So for 20-some police officers to walk off the job, hang it up, lose their lose their income, and who knows what they're going to do for food and rent and mortgages for the next coming weeks to just up and walk off, and they know the case, that speaks volumes to me. That makes me think, at least in my opinion right now, without having seen the rest of the case, that uh, that officer had done nothing wrong, And that city's not backing their officers and they're projecting a image to the people of that city and of the country, because the entire country is looking at some of these cities like Seattle, that it's okay to pulverize the police whenever you want because they can't defend themselves. New York is a great example when we jump to the other coast of officers who have been constrained from being able to do their jobs. Uh, They're not allowed to go hands-on with somebody who's on the ground. Are you kidding me? Where do you go hands-on with people? The ground is where you want to go hands-on. That's where people don't get hurt. They're on the ground. They're prone. It's time to go hands-on. But they're not allowed to go hands-on. If somebody, if they're struggling with somebody and somebody falls to the ground, they are to let go of them and begin issuing verbal commands. A great example of the disrespect that's growing, like the Seattle case, uh, is again in New York Times. Just the other day, there was a report that a uh, um, the New York Times made a report that uh, somebody had been trampled in uh, an incident in Washington Park. The offender in this incident was crazy. They had a knife. They had a taser. They were threatening people and chasing people, and so a mob of people come running out of the park, and as they run out of the park, this poor innocent woman gets trampled over and has a bloodied-up head, and so that's what makes the news. Uh, The story very minorly focuses on the fact that the uh, crazed offender had a taser and a knife. That's not really the purpose of the story. The purpose of the story is how the police handled it or didn't handle it, and at one point... The New York Times quotes the police and says, cops said, cops said, and then they go on with their quote. Now, when did it become okay for the news media to call us cops? Now, I know none of us are offended by the term cops, but it's just not professional. If you're a news reporter, it's the police or it's law enforcement or it's whatever agency. It's not the cops. And then to just drive that point home, Somewhere later in the article, this reporter says something about uh, – there was a community meeting to be held that was held about the safety of the park for the people that are, live in that area and they were demanding something be done. And the news reporters uh, said that the police said that they will look into it and put into quotes, put into air quotes, the look into it. Or that wasn't the word, but uh, that they will – try their best to do something about it or some term like that. But the news recorder reporter put just part of that quote in quotes and it was the do our best or look into it, whatever it was uh, that uh, they put into quotes, kind of taunting or laughing at the police like, yeah, right, you're going to do your best. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was totally astounded when I read the report from New York Times that was so slanted at the police Uh, In a situation where they don't even claim they want police, they would rather have social workers. This is an exact kind of case where the national media and the push is for uh, social workers to be handling these kinds of things, not police. And then here in this article, they're taunting the police. The reporter is taunting the police and talking about uh, how we're not going to do anything, uh, essentially, uh, so I, I don't know how we overcome that other than we just keep putting one foot forward. We keep showing up to work and we keep doing our jobs. We we know we know how to articulate everything we do. But the most important part of it all is that you remember your basic safety. That car drives off from the traffic stop, you disengage. That person walks away from the traffic stop and is non-compliant with their hands in front of them, we do what we know we're supposed to do and we protect ourselves. Make sure we're thinking straight when we go into savior mode. Uh, Sometimes we get into these situations where we die on duty because we're in a conflict. And then sometimes we get into these situations where we die on duty because we're trying to save somebody. And In that saving mode, I think sometimes we forget the officer safety element that we have so strongly in the fight mode. And then of course, just driving. We drive everywhere, every day, all day, all the time, day and night. We know we're driving in drunk, rich environments. Uh, We are always behind the wheel and that kills more cops than anything. So all I'm asking of you is to keep your head on a swivel, pay attention to every threat all the time, and keep yourself safe, will you? And you know what? If your department's not backing you, maybe it's time to find somewhere that will take care of you uh, before you have to walk off or before you find yourself facing criminal charges for defending yourself. Uh, I'm not uh, suggesting to anybody to boycott police or run away from this career. We need good cops out there. We need you out on the front lines, but take care of yourself. Make sure that the stress imposed on you by your department or your city or your county or your state is not so great that it's causing you to stop focusing on what's important to you right now. God bless you all. Thanks again for tuning in. We will try and get out another episode soon. And uh, yeah, you know what? June, I I think I said it at the beginning, it's just a crazy time for us or, or really may But June this year, because everything got pushed back, uh, I have two kids that are in high school. Uh, Well, one just finished high school, and he'll be off to college in the fall. But uh, they both play sports. They're very active in the spring sport time. And so, uh, yeah, May, June just got away from me, and it was hard to get anything out. And, again, I don't get paid. This is all on my own time, so I just uh, wanted to – take some time and focus on the kids and getting them through their spring sports. My son through his last uh, season of lacrosse and my daughter through her, uh, well, essentially first season of, uh, of soccer. She was a, a starting goalie for her high school last year, but last year COVID canceled the season. So uh, we just finally got her on the, on the, on the um, field for her sophomore year and they went to playoffs and they did a great job uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about why it's been a minute, but one other thing we came up with in the uh, interim since the last podcast is we've actually created a uh, a coin, a, the Blue Family Tree Challenge Coin. You can go to our website and check it out uh, in a video there, but I'm here to tell you family, the coin is not for sale. Uh, I'm a firm believer that coins are, uh, that challenge coins anyway, are... Uh, created as a way to reward good people for good things they did. Uh, if you don't know anything about challenge coins, they started, and I, I'm guessing probably everybody listening to this does, but they started clear back in the Roman Empire. The, uh, the Roman uh, officers would uh, grab a soldier that did something really good in a battle, and they would take him to the bar. They would smack a coin down on the bar and tell the bartender to bring a drink, to their soldier for the heroic thing that he did, and then after some time, uh, they would just flip a coin to the soldier and say, "Go buy yourself a drink." And then the soldiers uh, actually were so proud of that happening that they would actually just hold on to the coin, and then the, they would use the coin as kind of bragging rights. So I got a, I got a coin from the off from uh, you know officer so and so for something cool I did, and then that was kind of where the challenge coin was born from. Well, in recent years, you've been able to kind of buy challenge coins. You can go online, you can buy them for anywhere from five bucks to, I don't know, 30 bucks maybe. Uh, but nobody would spend more than 30 bucks on a, on a challenge coin unless they're like way off the rock or crazy about challenge coin collection. But um, yeah, most of them are you know five to 30 bucks. But uh, this coin is not for sale. This coin is earned through uh, going above and beyond for families of fallen peace officers. And so what does that mean? Well, here's the thing, not for sale, but our organization is kind of based on a financial gift. So uh, we take money, usually $10 donations from uh, on a monthly basis and a recurring donation from law enforcement families and close law enforcement family supporters uh, all around the country. And at the end of each calendar year, we just split up the everything that's collected and uh, split up evenly amongst every family uh, who's represented on Oscar Down Memorial page that year. So, uh, you know, just a big warehouse, collection of gift from cops all across the country, and then one big blue family gift given to each of those families uh, that lost somebody. So the coin is if somebody gives $120 a year They get a coin for that year. So, I suppose it's for sale if you want to spend $120 on a coin. But I think people want to spend $120 on families of fallen peace officers. And as a reward for doing so, I'll give them a coin. Uh, So, there'll be a new coin every year. This is our inaugural coin. This is the first year we had a coin, it's 2021 coin. And every year, there'll be a new coin. So, every year that you give, you get a new coin after you've given $120. So $10 a month is $120 a year. If you give you know $20 a month, you get your coin in July. But uh, otherwise, you'll get your coin uh, after you've given $120. One thing before I hang up this podcast is I want to let you know this. Because it's the inaugural coin and we're already halfway through the year, if you commit to $10 a month to help families of fallen peace officers, uh, this inaugural coin will be coming your way and then you will have a full collection should you continue to choose to give to families uh represented on Oscar australia memorial page god bless you all family keep your head down and stay safe thank you for listening to another episode of the blue family tree podcast be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes you can listen to us on itunes podcast or at our website the you can also find us on facebook Remember, our primary mission is to provide families of fallen peace officers with a financial gift made up collectively from law enforcement families and close law enforcement supporters around the country through small monthly donations. Learn how you can contribute to our collective gift at TheBlueFamilyTree.org. Until next time, stay safe. You're listening to The Blue Family Tree Podcast.